Welcome to Asking for a Friend. Each week we discuss and answer questions about culture, the Bible, and everything in between, all with the hope of learning to glorify and pursue God more each day. Enjoy this week's episode. Hello? Hello? Woohoo! Okay, good afternoon, everybody. It's afternoon time. Yep. This, you know, let's just stop. Let's stop. <laughs> Hello, good afternoon, and welcome back to this week's episode. Today, I'm here with one of my friends, one of my closest friends, Laura. Woo! Woo! Making her podcast debut. Is this your first time being on a podcast? It is. Wow, we're honored to have you. Thank you. Laura, what are three things you want the audience to know about you? Um, only three. I know you're dying to say more. Oh, yes. I am <laughs> dying to say more. Um, I love Jesus. Um, I'm married to a goofball mm. who has been on this podcast before, I believe. He has, yes. yes. Okay, so Mark. And then, um, we have a goofy dog, too. So we're just a goofy family. A little goofball family right here in Arlington. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I love Luna. Shout out to Luna if she's listening. She's probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> so um, today Laura is here because we're going to rehash a conversation that we visited many times when we used to sit and hang out at Laura's apartment and drink coffee and talk about all the things. And um, yeah, Laura is really good about being intentional with people and just forming um, really deep friendships and meeting with people and loving on people and I just felt like we could all use some more of that So we're gonna hear from Laura on how she does it oh, no. How she loves on people so well She's gonna give us the keys to unlock the The universe of loving on people do not have those keys. <laughs> yes, you do. I've seen you I've seen you. I heard that you were loving it up in Guatemala last week yeah. On mission trip. That was really special. See, you, you love it and you're good at it. <laughs> um, and Laura's just given me a lot of advice on um, finding good friends, biblical community. And yeah, I think that's a really important topic for young people who may not have that or are looking for that or, um, or want that. So we'll just jump right in. <laughs> are you ready? I am not. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so Laura, what does the Bible say about friendship? Like, what verses come to mind for you? Um, well, the first one that comes to mind, and I can't quote it right off the top of my head, um, the reference, but it's where in the Genesis, God says, it is not good for man to be alone. And mm -hmm. I think that that um, is referencing community. It's not just for um, romantic relationships. Um, because Paul was alone and he was fine. Um, but God models in the beginning what um, community looks like. And um, he has the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for us to have community too. And I think that friendship stems from community. And that's just a blessing that God has given us. Mm -hmm. 
And um, Jesus also modeled what friendship should look like through um, living life with the 12 disciples. They lived life together. Um, they encouraged one another. They challenged each other mm -hmm. and um, also rebuked each other too. And I think that those are all aspects of friendship. Yeah. So why is it important to have a good solid group of friends? Because I feel like there's some people out there that maybe would say that they don't have that, but they don't really see it as a problem. Yeah, so as an introvert, um, I tend to like to be by myself. It's refreshing, but um, I think that the more you spend alone, the more, um, what's the word? Just uh, Satan is more prevalent to attack those who are alone. Mm. Um, and so having close friends there um, is good because they protect you spiritually and um, they encourage you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and also to just um, get out of your comfort zone. And I can't tell you how many times I've had friends push me out of my comfort zone and I've been so thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah, and it also just makes life bearable, like being able to walk alongside people and have people that know you and know what's going on in your life mm -hmm. and just um, people that are able to ask you about those things. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. I think one of the worst feelings is like being around people but not feeling known or not feeling like you have people there for you. I think that's when you feel the most lonely yeah. is when you see people and um, you see them having relationships and you're not a part of that. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people think it's an other people problem where it's like, oh, people just don't like me. It's like, well, are you, this is an area you challenged me. It's like, well, are, are you pursuing other people or are you expecting them to come to you? It's kind of a, mm -hmm. like being the friend that you want others to be for you kind of situation. Yeah, it's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. um, it takes effort on both sides. And I was actually um, teaching a Sunday school lesson on this, or Wednesday night, um, to the kids and it was about how when we come to church we shouldn't expect those at the church to serve us like at a restaurant mm. you need to be serving as well it takes a village yeah so. Ooh, that's interesting <laughs> hmm. yeah i mean and coming to church that's a whole nother thing it's like people expecting the church to fulfill all their needs and desires but oh we might have to do a little episode about that <laughs> So what are some signs you would say of a good or a healthy friendship? Like what are some things or some markers that you think are indicators like this friendship is going well, this is a good godly friendship? Hmm. Well, I know that from like personal experience, um, I have friends that I don't see for long periods of time, but whenever I do see them, um, they're not mad that it's been so long, so I think that is good. Mm -hmm. um, whenever we talk, it feels like time hasn't even passed. Um, we have fun still, and we can have um, deep conversations and lighthearted conversations. Um, and also, I know that they are friends that um, will tell me if I'm doing something wrong, mm -hmm. and they're going to do it in a loving way, and yeah. not out of pride, like, I'm better than you, or... Um, anything like that, but more of a, I want to see you grow and I see your relationship with God being hindered. Yeah. So. Hmm. so on the flip side, what are, like, have you ever been in those friendships where you're like, this isn't a good or godly friendship? Like, what are some signs or some things to look out for? Because I think some people might be in bad friendships that aren't helping them and they might not even be aware of it. 
Right. Um, I think an unhealthy relationship could look like um, if the person feels put down all the time, um, like the other friend is uh, cracking jokes um, at the other person's expense, and they just feel beaten down instead of lifted up. Mm. Um, That's a good one that a lot of people might not even yeah, think of as bad. It can be seen as sarcasm or, oh, I'm just joking. But if it's starting to affect how you see yourself, that's not healthy. Mm. Um, what else is there? Um, I guess just the opposite of what I said, too. Like, if someone is saying, like, why aren't you hanging out with me? You never have time for me. Um, like making you feel bad. Making you feel bad that you're not giving them enough time. Um, and they're not offering solutions to that, that can be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Another part of an un unhealthy friendship could be like if the other person is dominating the conversation whenever you get together mm. and they're always talking and there's no way for you to insert yourself into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't even feel like you're having to insert yourself. It should be a balanced conversation where both people are um, speaking and listening. Yeah, that's really good. Because it can, I've, I've found that those friendships where, I mean, I've had those people in my life where I know everything about them, everything, their childhood trauma, their family situation, everything. And they don't even know my birthday or my favorite color or simple things that's like, if you would listen to me for 0.5 seconds, mm -hmm. then you would know these things about me too. Like, I feel like those just aren't friendships we find ourselves super drawn to. Like, we don't want to pour into those. No, those people. are the friendships that you dread. Yes. Yes, it's like, I do have to get together with this person today, but I am not looking forward to it. No. Yeah, it's, it's draining. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a good friendship. Yeah, just lots of listening and talking. A good balance. I think, for me, I'm a talker, and if I don't, like... I mean, I used to be really bad about it. Now I just try and listen more. But I, I ask my friends all the time. I'm like, am I talking too much? Am I talking too much? Is this too much? Because I know some people, well, especially for me, I think that I'm more drawn to introverts and people that are more like thinkers instead of listeners because that's super not me. Or thinkers and listeners, not just talkers. Yeah. And um, I have to like check myself all the time. I'm like, am I being draining right now? Like, am I doing too much? Yeah. Just putting those checks on myself. And you have a good balance too, because I know that whenever I hang out with you, you talk just enough to where it doesn't feel draining or like I dread hanging out with you because I like listening. Mm -hmm. But it is nice getting to talk with you too. Yeah. And so I get that chance with you. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I think it's just knowing your friends too, like knowing that you're going to hang out with someone that maybe is more of a listener, you know, and it's like giving them that space to mm -hmm. talk. I think that can be really valuable for people that don't get to talk very often. Like you, when you're discipling people, you probably know so much about so many people. And it's like, I bet Laura wants to say one thing about herself today, you know? Yeah, there are some people where I feel like I talk too much with them. Really? Yeah. Like, I think that Erin is very patient with me because mm -hmm. she asks me all of the questions and um, I, like, unload on her and um, just, I want to answer all of her questions. But then I have in the back of my head, like, you should ask her the same question. <laughs> I'm so bad about that. It's kind of crazy. It's, it's bad. I've seen this, too. Like, people are kind of codependent 
on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all aspects, but also spiritually, like somebody doesn't go to church unless you invite them or unless you're doing something with them. It's just not something that happens. Like there's a difference between discipling and friendships, but those friends that constantly need like you to be doing things for them, um, I feel like those friendships can be very difficult also and draining. Yeah, and then it's not even their faith. They're just hanging on to the coattails of your faith. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So how would you how would you get out of those hard friendships? Or in the past, how have you dealt with those people that are just harder to be friends with? Um, having those hard conversations comes to mind, like setting them down and explaining what you're seeing. Um, and then also offering solutions to that too. Like if someone is coming just because you're inviting them, um, like trying to in- introduce them to other people so that they aren't just dependent on you, but they're getting to know other people, they're seeing other people mm-hmm. serve, and they're seeing what good, healthy relationships look like. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, it's kind of like, sometimes I feel like in those friendships, in those relationships, I feel like I'm kind of abandoning them. Like, it feels like the loving thing to do to be pouring into someone and like dragging them along and making sure that they're, you know, hanging on and going to church and things like that. So I don't know, what would you say to the person that feels like, like, you know what I mean? Like abandoning someone isn't the thing to do. You're getting over those feelings. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. In that situation, I would tell the person who feels like they're dragging their friend along, um, you're not God. Mm. Uh, You can't make them go to church. You can't make them believe. You can't make them want to love Jesus or even have friendships with other people. Mm. You can pray for them, um, and you can explain to them what you see. And um, like I said earlier, like offering other solutions for them, um, but you can't force them to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a really hard place to be in. Like loving your friend and, you know, seeing them not doing the right thing and just, I don't know. It's definitely a letdown. It is. I've seen people stop going to church because of things like that. And it's one of the hardest things you'll ever experience, but... Yeah, you're not God. Mm. Hmm. Um, mm, that's hard. So is do you think that there is a way? Like, you mentioned hard conversations, and I've seen that in my friendships, but, like, ways to deepen friendships that you feel like aren't, you know, where, like, aren't benefiting. Uh, that sounds selfish. You know what I mean. They aren't, um, like, drawing me closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, like, these friends aren't, um, like, making me the person that I want to be. Not that they're responsible for me, but, like, I'm not who I want to be when I'm with them kind of thing. Like, how can I make those hard friendships turn into really good, godly, fruitful friendships? Well, I think I would answer that question with another question. Um, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> are you um, initiating deeper conversations with that person? Hmm. Are you giving them the opportunity to deepen those friendships? Hmm. Hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, these are things you've asked me before about <laughs> my friends. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good... Just give them... Hmm. Yeah. So not just completely giving up on someone or... Yeah. It's things like that. Like giving them a second chance. Um, giving them areas to grow in. So, hmm. And that might help you grow as well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there is a... Yeah, there's a fine line between, I guess you'll know. Ah, that's the thing, I don't know. Will you know when it's time to give up on a friendship and when it's time to like attempt to deepen it or pour more into this person or try and draw things out of them? Like, how do you navigate that? Um, I kind of relate it to like someone who is being unrepentant. If I don't see change, um, even after all of these attempts, then I wouldn't let that person be a part of my core group. And I guess that's something that we haven't really talked about mm -hmm. um, on the podcast. But I want my core group of friends to be people who are encouraging me and lifting me up and um, challenging me in mm -hmm. my faith with Jesus. And if they're not doing that, then they would be um, its like a target outside mm -hmm. of that core group. Yeah. yeah. So the further out the less close they are. Yeah. So if we're looking at a target, like that very middle section is the core group. So how many people would you say are in that section? Uh, I, I guess it varies based on seasons. And yeah, varies based on seasons, based on the person too. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that three is a good number to have. Mm -hmm. Three. And then, so the next circle, what, what would that be? What would that the people in that circle look like? That would be um, still like good friends, um, people that you enjoy being around, but they're just not as close. You wouldn't um, unload your heart on them. Mm. Hmm. How many would that be? Did you already say how many? For the outer part? Yeah, for the next circle. Oof. Like um, the four, you have like the three in the middle and then how many for the next thing? Uh, I think that would depend on the person. Yeah. Um, I guess it could be three or more yeah yeah and then so what what comes next like one circle out further what would that be is that like the acquaintances I would say yeah maybe acquaintances like people you're like brushing shoulders with at church and or at school things like that mm-hmm yeah people that you know by name and like you know their heart um, if they're saved or not saved and like their likes and dislikes if they're a teacher or not um mm. but uh yeah maybe not too much beyond that mm. and that's not a bad thing like having people like that in your life yeah have you ever had the situation where you've had to kind of move someone from one of your inner circles to a different circle like kind of people drifting apart and they oh yeah yeah absolutely how how did you like navigate that? Like kind of seeing a friendship that used to be really close kind of, you know, falling off. Like was that difficult? Um, not really. And maybe it would be more difficult for someone else. But for me in those circumstances, it was more like I moved away or they moved away and we just didn't see each other mm. ever. Um, like years have gone by and we'll still call each other on the phone every once in a while, but it's not going to be a super deep conversation. Mm. And 
that's okay because the Lord provides new friendships um, and he is good and faithful in that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so going back to the inner circle thing, do you think it's okay to have, like, is it possible for Christians to have non-Christian best friends? I don't think it's wise to have uh, non-Christian best friends because you tend to be like the people that you're around the mm -hmm. most. Um, they have an influence on you just like you have an influence on them. But you don't want your best friend to be an unbeliever just so that you can convert them. Right. You want someone who is going to push you. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be interesting, like, trying to, like, pour your heart out to someone. Or, you know, you're going through a really hard time and you're trying to tell yourself, oh, like, you know, but I know God is faithful through this. And then they don't even think God is real. Yeah, they don't have the same values as you. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord calls us to be um, united in one accord and one mind. Mm. So you would, yeah, that would be hard. I feel like that's something, like that's something that some people think they can do, like having non-Christian really close friends. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like if you have that, then you're missing out on just a whole deeper level of friendship. Yep. than if you have Christian besties. Absolutely. What about boys and girls being best friends? I also do not think that is wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been there and done that, and it did not end well. Yeah. Because um, my best friend was a guy, and he was dating my cousin. And she was so hurt by that. Um, we would go and do things together, and she would be left out. And so... Whenever a guy starts to date a girl, um, his friendships with other girls has to change. Mm. Uh, or else it's just going to be a whole mess and there's going to be lots of insecurity and conflict. Um, so I think to avoid that, um, ideally, guys and girls should not be best friends. They can be good friends, but I think best friends should be reserved for uh, couples. Yeah. Yeah. Or people of the same sex. Yeah. Yeah, I think boys and girls just aren't meant to be that close unless they're married. Or dating. Yeah, because, I mean, whenever a guy and a girl are alone in a room, sexual tensions are going to rise regardless. Right. That's just biology. Yeah. So. And, like, I mean, God made us to, to desire that. Like, to desire to be... Um, emotionally close, like spiritually close, physically close with someone of the opposite sex. So trying to force that into a box and saying, oh, well, we're just friends. Like, we're just going to be best friends. It's like, well, you're not experiencing a relationship in the way that God has it for you. One, like you're diluting what God wants for you, or you're just not, you're not like, uh, like setting good standards, you know, like mm -hmm. you associate, ah, it's just strange. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely used to think boys and girls could be best friends, but now I understand why that is an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't end well, ever. No, and it's sad that usually we have to figure it out the, the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I had so many people tell me, like, that's not a good idea. I'm like, yeah, it's different. It's different this time. 
It's not like right. that at all. It's never different. It's, different. it's never different. Yeah. I feel like in guy-girl friendships, one or the other is always like in love or having a deep crush on the other person because how can you be close to someone like that and not feel that way? Yeah. Or at least one of you feel that way. Yeah, because when you are pouring out your heart to someone, you're spending a lot of time with them, you're creating memories with them, um, you're becoming attached to them. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like a friendship attachment, it's a deep, intimate attachment. Right, and I guess when you do it, like when you share things with your friends of the same sex, there's not that aspect of like, oh, I can spend the rest of my life investing in this person. But when it's a boy and a girl, it's like, wait, like I actually, like this could be the person that I spend the rest of my life with. And it's like, like if you don't intend on doing that with that person, then why would you let them get that close to you? I don't know. It just causes a lot of hurt, I feel like. But that's what I've heard. I mean, I've never been in a situation like oh, that. Oh, yeah, no. Never, no. ever. Um, how would you, <laughs> moving on from that, how would you uh, encourage someone who really wants to start making new friendships? I feel like that can be very difficult. Uh, just starting from scratch, because we talked a little bit about deepening pre-existing friendships, but if someone really feels the desire to make new friends, how would they go about doing that? Walk up to someone and say, hi, <laughs> how are you? My name is Laura. Do you want to go get coffee sometime? Mm, coffee. It's coffee. always the coffee. Yes, or for one of my friends, in her case, she doesn't like hot drinks. Um, ice cream. <laughs> ice cream, let's go. Yes. Just spending that one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah, getting to know the person. Mm. Ask them about their life, their story. People love talking about themselves. Yeah. I feel like conversations like that can be very awkward, at least for me. But I feel like you are so good at just going there. Like, you don't care. You're like, tell me your testimony right now. And then people are like... You don't, she doesn't say it like that. She's oh, not demanding that. like that. But, <laughs> but you just have a way of like getting people to open up in a way that's not uncomfortable or awkward or like you're forcing information out of them. And when I do it to people, I feel like I'm having to drag information out of them. It's very strange. Maybe it's a me thing. Like I feel like that's what's happening. Yeah, you're your worst critic. Mm. So. Hmm. What, are, what are some other questions that you might ask if you're trying to really like become friends with someone. I might ask where they're from, uh, just so I get an idea of like what their upbringing might be like. Mm -hmm. That's another good question. What mm -hmm. was your childhood like? Um, like their family life? Yeah, do you have siblings? Um, what are your parents like? People never think to ask about the other person's parents. Mm. Um, what are your hobbies? What do you aspire to be? Um, that's for college students, mm -hmm. but I mean, I, it could be for adults too. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to do? What's your dream? Um, what are some fears that you have? Mm. Um, my favorite, like you said, is what's your story? How did you come to know Jesus? Mm. Why are you at Park Springs? Why are you at this church? Mm -hmm. um, just like how they, I don't know, how they move along in life. Mm. Another one that I got asked today was, what motivates you? I was like, that's a big question. That's a good question. That's a really interesting question. I'm going to use that next time. I know. I was like, what are you asking me right now? That's a strange little question. 
Um, let's see. Oh, this is one, I feel like you saw this a lot with the college group girls, and now you're even experiencing it. But, um, like, what would you say to those people that just feel like they're too busy to hang out with friends and, like, pour into new friendships? Yeah. Or even existing friendships. Like, they just feel like they don't have the capacity to sit down with their three closest friends every single week. Like, what would you say to that person? It's okay to not sit down with your friends every single week. Um, for some people, um, including me, it just, it's not possible. Yeah. Um, but friendships do take sacrifice. Mm. And that might mean sacrificing um, some comfort, like sitting at home and watching TV one night or um, mm. just time. Yeah. Um, and I know that for me and my friends, we have to intentionally, like if I think of someone, I text them right then and there um, and making a schedule yeah. of when you can meet with people Yeah, and actually writing it down so you don't forget and coming up with a time so that it doesn't get swept under the rug. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how it is. I have to schedule out my hangouts like two weeks in advance just to make sure that I intentionally like spend time with people because it's so important because if you don't do it it doesn't happen it that's doesn't the happen. thing the weeks will just fly by and it'll be four weeks and you haven't hung out with anybody yes there was a person who I met at therefore mm -hmm. um in February and we're hanging out for the first time in April <laughs> that's how it has to be sometimes it's yes. just crazy <clears throat> yep but we're gonna have dinner and play games and it's gonna be a blast so yeah yeah, it'll have been worth it to have scheduled it. Yeah, I think what you said about like it takes sacrifice, like really good friendships, they take sacrifice, like sacrificing um, time, effort, energy. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like giving a part of yourself to that person, like being vulnerable and opening up in new friendships. That can be really hard, too. Yeah, like when someone's asking you these good questions, not just saying like, good, my family's good. Oh. Where are you from? I'm from around. How, how do you do you come to know Jesus? Jesus is good. I like Jesus. That just makes it so hard for both people. I think that's the worst part about conversations with people. If people tell me, oh, I'm good, I'm like, that's not a good answer. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> yeah. Go deeper. Yeah. Or if, you, if someone says good and then you say, but how are you really feeling? Or how do you really feel about this? That Then you'll get a real answer. I think by default, we just say good. I'm guilty of that. I do it all the time. People ask me, oh, how are you? I'm good. I love saying not so great, actually, to people who are expecting good to be the answer <laughs> and seeing their faces when it catches them off guard. <laughs> and then they're like, wait, I didn't actually want to know. Yeah. <laughs> and they run actually, I'm having a horrible day. <laughs> oh, bye you now. You start crying. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Been there. Every time I'm having a bad day, Pastor Charlie's like, hey, how are you today? How's life? I'm like, why do you have to ask me that today? Can you see in my face that I'm having a horrible day? That's, that's what friends are for, I guess. He's good at that. He, he really is. Um, yeah. I think, I think this is a good place to end, but just like, how can I have intentional conversations um, or even those hard conversations you were talking about earlier without it being awkward? I feel like a lot of people avoid conflict and avoid those conversations because they don't want to be awkward. 
quotes around it because you can't see me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you need to go into those conversations expecting it to be awkward mm. because people don't like to be told that they're doing something wrong or have it insinuated and so that's gonna put up the defenses and that's gonna make it awkward. But um, I learned from both Aaron Kuth and Rebecca Johnson mm. um, a method of having hard conversations and I have practiced it too and it is wonderful. But you speak to that person like a saint first mm. and then a sufferer and then a sinner. So it starts to break down those walls. Mm. So like, let's say you, or not, maybe not you, but <laughs> um, let's see. I wouldn't have a conversation with a guy because that should be where another guy comes in. Um, but let's say there's a girl who is not dressing modestly. Mm. Um, I would commend her for being in community, for serving well, um, just in her growth and her walk with Jesus. Um, maybe there's something going on in her life that I can address where she's suffering. Mm. And um, we can talk about that a little bit. And I'm not an expert on this mm -hmm. by no means. Um, but then um, having broken down those walls, you can bring up, I've noticed this about you and like we have brothers in Christ and bringing that part in um, and we want to protect them. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the way you're dressing is causing them to stumble or do you think they're okay? Because mm. I can tell you right now they're not okay. Hmm. So that's going to be awkward. Right. But it's worth stepping into because it's loving. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly like in really good and authentic friendships. Like those are conversations and things that I would want people pointing out to me. Yeah. Because if not, then who's, <laughs> who's going to tell you? Yeah. How are you supposed to grow? Right. And I think that we're experts at um, justifying our own actions and the things we do. Sometimes it's things that we don't even think about anymore because it's just part of how we act and you know the modesty one's a good one like the way we dress mm -hmm. it's like if we don't have people on the outside speaking into that saying like hey no because <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah then what I'm gonna keep going around and everyone's gonna see me dressing like that and form their own opinions of me yeah yeah I think a lot of hard conversations are like that just framing it up like that's, that's what I try and do. It's like if I was doing this to someone else or I was making someone uncomfortable or um, recently I had a conversation with someone because I felt like uh, I was being pulled into gossip, which isn't something that I've like struggled with as much lately, but it's something that I have in the past. Mm -hmm. And it was very quickly like rising back up to the surface when I was around this person. And I kind of had to have that conversation of like, hey, like, I value you as my friend, but I, like, we can't keep doing this in our friendship because I don't need friendships where this kind of thing is allowed. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very awkward. Like, I almost didn't do it. Like, we sat there, I think, for an hour and 20 minutes beforehand because I could not bring myself to say it. Like, I was so nervous. But eventually I was just like, God, give me the words to say to this person because this, I don't want to lose this friendship over something like this. And it's like it, that advice you gave me is what I was thinking about, like giving someone the chance to do better mm -hmm. before just completely like, eh, I'll get a new friend. It's whatever. Yeah, before cutting them off. Yeah, just, you know, if, if you point things out to someone, then they choose not to grow. That's kind of a different 
thing, but. Yeah, but they need that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Friends are like a way that God prunes us. Yeah, mm, so I think they, so too. Yeah. And they're essential. Like I, I feel so bad for those people who are like, oh, I'm Christian, but I don't go to church or, oh, I don't have a lot of other Christian friends. It's like, then how are you like, I, man, I've grown so much. I feel like over the past year and a half or so. And it's because of the people that God has put in my life. Like I wouldn't have been able to do it by myself mm -hmm. or even just reading my Bible daily. Like how would I like having those people to bounce those things off of and talk about things with has been like, what's the word I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of, uh, I don't think this is a word, but I'm gonna say it anyway, like paramountal. You know what I mean? Like it's like a, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like an anchoring point. It's like without this, it wouldn't have happened. Is that a word? We're gonna have to look that up. Okay. <laughs> paramountal. I don't know. I don't know what those words. Let me, paramountal. Paramountal. No, paramountal is not a word. Didn't think so. Well, I already said I like it like it. six times. <laughs> it's a word now. It's but in the Taylor Dictionary. Yeah, there's a lot of words in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and hanging out. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a joy. Yeah, and Laura, you're one of my friends. You're one of mine too. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. See y'all next week. Bye. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or feedback about the podcast, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. For more information on our church, visit psbible.com.